Yes, it's a Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. And now the hosts of Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Hello and welcome once again to the Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me as always, the lovely and talented Mr. Patrick Rooney. Hey everybody, how are you? How are we doing today, Pat? I don't like the weather. No. It's raining, it's nasty. And it's we going to get worse. Have, it's going to get worse and we were supposed to have a nice little party picnic kind of deal in our backyard. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, happy birthday, Dan Rooney. Yes. He's now 19, 19. crazy. Mm-mm. Last year as a teenager. Yep. And yeah, that's exactly what he said. It's my last year as a teenager. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just get older. It's yeah. kind of the way it works. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to enter your 20s. And then maybe move out. <laughs> yeah, not so much. That's huh? funny. Maybe move out. Where the hell is he going to go? You see what rent is? I know you've told me. I know you have told rent me. Is- it's banana pants. Right. I don't know what he's going to be able to do. He's going to live. He's going to live under your roof until you die and leave him a house. That's how it works. Can't leave them both the same house. That can't happen. Why? They could be like the odd couple. Oh, good lord! The house isn't that big. <laughs> well, eventually they're just going to paint a stripe down the middle of it. Wait, you've got both bathrooms. <laughs> well, you had a choice. <laughs> Actually, you wanted the kitchen. You she know. now is realizing that we may not be able to move when I do decide to retire. Yeah. And we might just stay where we are because it might just be cheaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can sell your house. Where are you going to go? We can go. I s- mean, you can go to a cheaper cost of living area. Exactly. Of course. That's the point. But, just you know. Cheaper cost of living area, but then it would cost a lot to do so. Yeah. Oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah, everything, everything costs, costs money. Everything costs money. That's the moral of today's episode, guys. Everything <laughs> costs money. I don't know what that has to do with the Ultraman bit, but... We're there. Yeah. Uh, so today we're covering the 11th episode of Ultraman Blazar, and it's called Escape. I think it's French. Air date of 9-23-23. Masayoshi Takasui is our director. Junichiro Asahiki is our writer. And uh, this is following the battle with Demaga. Gento cannot hide his confusion about the alien being that resides in his own body. Right. And that is when a meteorite flies in from space, lands on Earth, evading Gugus' attempts to intercept it, and transforms into the Kaiju Gabalga. Yes. And uh, it seemed that Earth Garen would have the upper hand in the fight until Gabalga reveals a surprising ability. Shocking. Dun, dun, dun. Literally shocking. <laughs> Zing me out, everybody. I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we open up with the guys reviewing video of the last episode right. uh, where we see Ultraman punch himself in the face and whatnot. And doing the internal fight against himself with mm-hmm. the stupid spear and his mm-hmm. arm and yep. all that. And you're like, all right, I, I guess we've got to figure this out now. Yeah. And they're right. like, so do you think maybe he's still our ally, ally or he's seems to be internally struggling with himself. Right. And, oh, and then, amazingly, Gento walks away, looks at the stupid pog for mm-hmm. Ultraman, and tries to figure out, are you my ally or are you not? Right. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to prove to everybody that right. we're working together right. when you're going to fight me on everything? Right. Um, oh. So, you know, All right. what are we going to do? Yeah. So, uh, but there's a mysterious meteor from space headed from, uh, towards the Earth. Right. And it's got less than 30 hours till its atmospheric entry. Uh, uh and so the Gaguf are on high alert. 
uh, following yeah, Alert Charlie. I don't know alert if that's Char- I don't know if that's the highest alert. ABC or, or <laughs> close to Alert Alpha. I don't know. Yeah, and they say it's a possible kaiju. Really, you yeah, think so? <laughs> Dude, in this world, if a washing machine can talk, everything's possible. Everything's a kaiju. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, fine. Uh, so they think, all right, you know, they're on high alert following the confrontation with Garamon last episode. Right. And they react promptly with preemptive protocols to deal with the possibility of a space kaiju. Okay. Could happen. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I'm not really great with let's just shoot everything. Yeah. But, that, like you said, that's what the Army does. Yeah. Shoot first, ask questions that's later. That's right. Yeah. Is it possible we could just bomb it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So SCART are deployed to coordinate with the interception unit of Gagif, and they stand by with the Earth Garen uh, Mod 2. Right. Uh, and the- near, near Sukabuko City. Of course. That's the projected landing point of the meteorite. Because it's got to land to Japan, yes. which I get. Clearly. <laughs> the biggest landmass there is. <laughs> like, just percentage-wise, you'd hit Eurasia, you'd think. Just- <laughs> well, that's why they have the Pacific Ocean as the great satellite garbage dump yeah. because it's huge. What you also don't know is Japan is actually a giant magnet. Of course. Pulls everything. <laughs> pulls everything right yeah. to it. Yeah. Of course it yeah. does. Gravity's myth, but it's a big <laughs> magnet. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But I love uh, when they do when they do deploy Earth Karen, how many now did you watch it in English or Japanese? I watched it in Japanese. Okay. And everything for the deployment of the Earth Karen was in English. Right, okay. Because How many I, different weird accents? Oh, it right? was bad. It was a lot of them, it right? It was a lot of them. And not just weird accents, but like I said, it was in English because mm-hmm. I stopped the show yeah. just to verify it was still in Japanese. I'm like, yeah. I thought it was in Japanese. Yeah. I am in Japanese. Yeah. And it's in English. Well, yeah, all okay. the, all the, they tend to do that for like, you know, large sequence, Delta, blah, 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 blah. Like, for science stuff, they yeah. tend to do it in English because then everybody understands English. That's right. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that we'd never think of when we're actually taking chemistry. The periodic table of elements is in English. That's right. Always. As it should be. That's right. Because <laughs> we didn't we're have the to, best. We didn't have to learn a whole different language yeah. to learn the periodic table of elements, which I still don't know all Yeah, of. I don't know. I know <laughs> six at best. You probably know more than no, that. I know that. <laughs> I was, you know, Pat, I say things for funny sometimes. I understand. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, uh, just we, here's inside baseball. We know silicon. Yes. We do. Yeah. <laughs> See if you know what episode we also recorded today. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, where are we? Oh, the Should interception unit required, responds with kinetic energy missiles. Sure. Uh, sure. Which I didn't look up to see if it was a thing. You know what kinetic energy is? It's moving towards you. Right. It has kinetic energy. That's all it is. That's like, really all kinetic energy yeah, is. Yeah, like, so they're just you. shooting stuff. At, yeah. I mean, but they have to use a nice big word so it sounds really scientific. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, all right, guys, I, I get 10-year-olds aren't going to realize the difference. Yeah. I am. But that's fine. Now, I learned that because I had a... Uh, what you would call it? A, a record of the Flash. Um, years ago, I think okay. in forty-five. Right. And one of the guys he fought was Kino, the kinetic 
energy man. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. So I learned a little bit of science when I was young. Okay, the kinetic energy missile interceptor weapon is comprised of three major components, a missile launcher, fire control, and communication unit, and a high-acceleration interceptor that delivers payloads capable of destroying an adversary's ballistic missiles and their lethal payloads using kinetic energy. It's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. I didn't realize it was a thing. Yeah. But that's fine. Look at that. There Apparently, it's a thing. <laughs> it's it's for interception of missiles. There you go. Uh, then they go on to uh, fire uh, thermobaric missiles, which are also a thing. Also a thing. I looked that up. That's basically a missile that's... It, it, really hot? No. It, it's payload is mostly fuel. So it goes up and sprays a whole bunch of fuel and then ignites. Ah. Yeah. So causing okay. maximum fire. Damage. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, both of those attempts ended in failure. Of course. You got them both. No, you're right. No, that was very strange. <laughs> that was funny. odd. Uh, so, uh, as it closed in on the surface, Earth Garand Mod 2 locked into its target with its multi-purpose laser, which I just think is great. Also, Julianne's potatoes. <laughs> it opens envelopes. Of It'll course. do your taxes. <laughs> but somehow the meteorite changes trajectory. Swerves, swerves past the laser. Which? Okay, fine. She had it in its sights, and it dodged. Yeah. Not really possible but why not? But sure. Uh, again, uh, and then just uh, land safely nearby before opening up to reveal Gerbalga. God yeah. bless you. <laughs> that it. It looks like they named it via Boggle. They just put a bunch of letters in a cup. They shook up. Gerbalga. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. And this suit. We saw this starfish type suit in the first Ultraman, where it was two people yeah. in a starfish suit. Yeah. The suit where it's one person in the starfish suit is way better. Yeah. Way, way, way better. I think this looks like, um, what did I write? It looks like a pangolin and a robot starfish had a baby. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting mo- monster. And you know, I like how the mouth had lights that kept going around sure. and around. And I was sitting there going, That's you know why I think it you? might be half robot. That's fine. I can't say it's not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, maybe they'll let us know next episode. I don't know. Because this is the beginning of a two-parter. And when did you figure out that it was a two-parter? Um, let me see. I think I actually put something down here. Uh, when the... When Ultraman just sods off. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not going to resolve this yeah. at all. <laughs> no. But uh, Spoiler. So, um... Uh, the, so uh, Earth, the, the he decides that uh, the monster like is can generate EMPs, right? Electromagnetic pulses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. And uh, Earth Garen takes off and attempts to outfly an EMP. Science. <laughs> what I liked <laughs> is you get to see Earth Garen running. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's pretty great. Avoiding EMP. He runs like Yogi Bear. He's like, <laughs> Starts to fly. Yeah, sure. Why would and you? that's when the EMP yep. catches him. Yep. And Should you have started flying first. You'd like to think. But. Maybe he needed a running start if he's not in the gantry. I don't know. 
<coughs> oh, God. And were you shocked at all that the MP would amazingly knock Earth Karan out of the game? Nope. Not Again, Earth, even a little Earth Karan's greatest enemy, anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, fine. There's no communication. Everybody's super concerned they can't reach Earth, Karen. Right. Um, like, it doesn't deactivate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and not only... Now, the Earth, Karan, lands in a lake, which I'm fine with. Yeah, sure. There's... It obviously has no air coming into it at all, because you don't see any water in the cockpit that right. they're in. Right. Okay. Yeah, not really. But... Let it slide. You're sealed. Let okay, sure. You're, you're, you're buttoned up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then Genta wakes up, tries to wake Henri up, right. and can't. Can't. Because of reasons? She, again, has a super bad concussion. <laughs> I'm starting to think that everybody in this series, and I mean everybody, has just concussions and they're hallucinating these monsters. <laughs> Nothing's uh, actually happening, but one maybe the protagonist at the beginning of every Ultraman show gets whacked on the noggin when they're trying to do their rest, the, like heroic rescue thing. They get whacked they on the noggin dream and the whole dream thing the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dream sequences. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> just everybody, just uh, everybody's whacked out. Good God! What are you going to do? Um, it's fine. It's fine though. It's okay. Uh, so Gento has no choice, and he transforms into Ultraman Blazer. Right. And gets to kick the monster on the way down as he's yep, landing. that's always which fun. Which, I'm loving this, that no matter how they do it, they're going to hit the monster somehow as right. he's transforming. Okay, fine. Now, the fight between uh, Gabalga and Blazar seems pretty evenly matched at the get-go. Right. It's a pretty good fight. It is a decent fight. Yep. All um, the electricity bolts that he has, Ultraman gets to block them. Yeah, but that's wearing them down. Exactly. Even the spiral berade has no effect. Uh, moreover, Gento and Blazar struggle for control yet again. Yes. Which gives Gabaga the chance to counterattack before Blazar forces Gento to flee, leaving nobody in the kaiju's way as it marches on towards uh, Sukabuko and discharges a large scale EMP field. That engulfs the entire city. Because, of course. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Go ahead. The, the military's like, I want a new plan on my desk in the morning or right away or something. Yeah. But they all leave. Right. So, they, we're just going to... That's it? That's it's it. the unstoppable force being the immovable kaiju. It's like... <laughs> oh, we can't beat him? Okay, we'll see you later. We'll, yeah. t- we'll talk to you tomorrow. we got to yeah. go make a plan somewhere. Um, no? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... It's so weird. Um, Not wrong. Not wrong. And I couldn't figure that part out at all. Because in the middle of the fight, you're going to just sod off and try to figure out right. a new plan. Not, let's try it as we're sitting yeah, could here. could we set up a line of tanks or maser vehicles or something? Anything. Yeah. Anything. No, we Girl go Scouts, whatever you got. <laughs> Sir, we lost all the brownies. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, no. no cookies? <laughs> oh. I don't mean we lost brownies, sir. I mean, we lost the brownies. Yeah, but they also have the cookies. Yeah, well, the Girl Scouts have the cookies. Brownies don't. Well, you think the brownies would sell brownies. You would like to think, but they don't. They don't. Let's talk about our data. Well, we also... Yeah, I'm sorry. Just before you... Please. Close it off. Yes. They all leave. Gento falls down, rolls down a hill, and then sees the new pod. 
I'm sure that's even the new pod. Yes, it is. Is it? Okay. Because we saw the ad earlier in the episode for, for the, the sword. sword. You're right. Oh, I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I... I mean, I knew it before this. I, once I saw the sword, and it was about ten-ish minutes before yeah. the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm I bet like, the sword shows up soon. No. I went the exact opposite. I said, they're not going to show the sword now until the next episode because this is now a two-part. Okay. Like oh, minutes. that's what did it for you. That's nice. what did it for me because I saw the ad for the sword and I'm as it's going and going and going and about 10 minutes before the end of the episode, I'm sitting there going, okay, no new sword. That means it's a two-parter because right. I have to put the sword into the show somewhere. Good thinking. <laughs> Good thinking, Lincoln. I like it. Um, so our, our stats on Gabalga. Uh, his height is 49 meters. His origin is uh, Of course. <laughs> uh, weight is 25,000 tons. Okay. Uh, bodily features is eyes. The three light-emitting organs on its chest are his eyes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, mouth. The bud-like EMP-generating organ located where his uh, three eyes connect. Right. That's in the middle there of the star. Uh, yeah. His Rugged hide is strong enough to withstand the explosive power of thermobaric missiles. Of course it is. Uh, electricity manipulation. As per its subtitle, Gabaga can make use of electromagnetic energy in assortment of ways. True. EMP field. From the bud-like mouth. I don't like the expression bud-like mouth. I can tell you that now. That's fine. On its chest, Gabaga discharges a green electromagnetic pulse field that spans several hundred meters. Of course. Uh, this disrupts the trajectory of guided missiles and can even dispel... Blazar Spiral Berade. Uh, electrical discharge. Uh, electrical di- bolts are discharged from its entire body. These of can course. also be directed through the tips of its appendages. Of course. You and it be can, able to shoot bolts. Yeah, sure. And it makes an electrical barrier by curling up and encasing itself. Uh, of course, it can also curl itself up to travel through space or at its opponents. Right, which I thought was a decent attack as it made itself into a bowl and started rolling right. toward Blazar. I'm like, all right, that's an interesting concept. Sure, why not? And then its uh, arms and upper body are lined with two flag spikes into a sort of giant mouth for use as a biting weapon. Sure. Sure. She whiz. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And I mean, it was a very, very cool suit. Like I said, I like an upper mouth, whatever you want to call that, a little appendage. It had a little glowing thing that constantly Mm -hmm. went around. Yep. And then you realize, no, the middle bulb is the actual mouth. And it opens and closes and shoots green stuff. You're like... All right, sure. I that's where Starfish know the, is. So. That's like a like a like supposed to look kind of like a uh, what's your majigger uh, a, a pangolin because he does sort of look a little bit like a pangolin. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yeah, can't so. like it. That's about it for that one. Anything I, new for you? That I you like see? this one. I thought this one was cool. Oh, hold on. We'll now, do, we'll do his roar too. Oh, you got a roar. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's oh, him, all right. Yeah, it's <laughs> not quite a roar, but yeah, it's well, him. He's like, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Pat. I understand. I understand it is a two-parter. Now I'm hurt. <laughs> you made the monster cry, Pat. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I'm not nice. <laughs> no, that's terrible. That's your big bully. I know. Uh, dude, I have anything this week. I started watching Dungeons & Dragons, and I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't finished it yet. Um... Did I start a new podcast? I listened to the Jimmy Pardo episode of um, Willosophy, which is the Will... Um, what the hell is his name? Will Anderson, Australian oh. comedian. Okay. 
watch. Okay. Took me a minute there, kids. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I, there's a new podcast. Uh, well, how about for you? And I'll, you come I've back watched, to me. I've watched Mommy Dearest this week. Oh, okay. Which I'd never seen. Oh, really? Yeah. And that I've also seen. It's way up here. It's way. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, Faye Dunaway really goes crazy as Joan Crawford. You don't say. <laughs> and you feel really bad for Christina Crawford. Oh, yeah. Until you realize, oh, yeah, this whole movie is a, to, was out of a book to get back at Joan. Yeah, it's oh, okay. it's hit job, but. I'll, a, I'll allow it. Hit job, absolutely. Yeah, I'll allow it. Why wouldn't you? And I just started watching <laughs> Sophie's Choice, which I've never seen either. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. You're I really know. putting uh, yourself through the ringer, pal. Uh, these are the movies that I know I have to see, so I might as well just get through them. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I did I talk last week about Return of the Vampire? No. Okay, well, I went to watch Battle Beyond the Stars, which is an old Roger Corman film. Okay. With uh, John Boy um, from the Waltons. Right. And uh, uh, John Saxon and a bunch of other people. Okay. Um, and I I purchased it on DVD at the flea market, obviously, okay, for 50 fun. cents. Can't argue that. And the, uh, the back read 16 by 9 widescreen, so I said, okay, cool. Ah, uh, but it's not anamorphic, so it shows up on my TV like a tiny little postage stamp. Oh, God, no. So I'm like, all right, it's got to be streaming somewhere, because I'm bound and determined to watch it. Well, of course, right? now you are. Now you bought it, you got to see it. Yeah, so I put that in my two-cell pile, um, and then I put, I, I'm looking for it, and it's on free, okay. which is Amazon's free with ads thing. Right, which so is okay, fine. fine. So I start it, and I realize the audio is out of sync. Oh, that bite. Yeah. So I stopped. I'm four minutes or five minutes in, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm figure not. out another way. Yeah. So I started happen. it on Tubi, and it doesn't work. So I said, uh, screw this. I'm going to watch something else. So I went into the closet, and I picked out um, this Mill Creek Thrillers from the Vault edition. And uh, I'm like, something on here has to be kind of short, like right. 80 minutes. These are all. Poverty Row films. Right. Um, all short and cheap and quick and easy yeah. to make. Yeah, yeah. Bella Lugosi in Return of the Vampire, which is a sequel to Dracula in everything but name. Right. Because it was done by, I think, Columbia Pictures and... And Universal owned Dracula at the time. Bizarre. Right. So, uh, he plays a guy named um, Armand Tesla, who is a vampire uh, who's about 200 years old. Uh, and, uh, of course... His crypt is bombed during World War II. Oh, God, of course it is. Right. So the corpse gets ejected into the graveyard, and two grave diggers are, like, reburying the dead. Uh And they find this guy in, like, perfect condition with a big metal stake through his heart. And they're like, well, look at that. He took a piece of shrapnel, so they take it out. Ah, can't be good. Yeah, things go badly from there. I got you. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's the werewolf makeup is really good in it. Oh, this werewolf makeup. Oh, okay. He's got to have a werewolf. He's got to have a, he's got to have a manservant. So his manservant oh, is a werewolf. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Okay. Fair enough. As, fair. as you would. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's now it's is Bella good. any better at English in this movie or you didn't really notice it? Yeah, it's fine. It, it, he's got an accent, but he's fine. I mean, that was his whole problem in Dracula. That's why he was so halting. Is because he wasn't really very fluent in English. Right. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's just done he's perfectly fine. 
Like okay. he's very, you know, he's charismatic. He's, no, no, he is that. I give him that. He does this thing, you know. <laughs> of course, the, of the course, cape. the cape, but, uh, cape move. But yeah, yeah, the cape move exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good, and there's a lot of like, uh, you know, there's a lot of atmospheric stuff and mind control and oh, okay. it's really, it's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's worth your time, and I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, the rate, review, and subscribe, uh, and the suicide spread the word. Helpline is 988. That's right. There for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The world is better with you in it. Absolutely. So, on behalf of the Science Patrol, my name is Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. Sally Forth, you guys. Take care, everybody. Bring back five. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for the Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks from the Kaiju Cast.